Thank you, four people. My question is this. Why did you come to church today? It's a nice day. It's Colorado. Why did you come to church today? Have you thought about it? You just showed up? Probably. There are lots of reasons you were thinking about of why you come to church. Um, the least of which is getting a quarter of a bagel. And maybe the most, the reason we come to church, the reason we arrive with a hope and a longing and a looking for is that we are looking for an encounter with God. That in some way we want to come here and meet with God to receive from Him and go back out into our life. So, you came for an encounter with God perhaps to inspire you. At some level you need to be picked up and lifted up. Maybe you came in for an encounter with God to simply encourage you and support you, to hold you up. Or maybe you came for an encounter with God just to bring you back to center. You know, the idea of tuning your heart to God, to being in alignment with Him. But at many Many reasons we come to church, but the biggest, I hope, is that you're coming to hear a whisper from God, that God would speak to your heart right where you're at. When we all came to church today, since you're here and not climbing around in the mountains, you came to church looking for this encounter, but you also brought something with you to church this morning. What you brought with you is your life. All the things that are going on in your life, you brought with you here today. And it's the things that can distract you. It's the things that your mind may wander off into. You know, some of you, as you came to church today, you kind of floated here on a cloud of joy. And you're just oozing out joy. And you came to sing praise to God and say, thank you. And others of you, it may have been more of a struggle to get here. A hard struggle to put one foot in front of the other just to get here, because you're just feeling empty, and the drive is not there. You know, and others of you might have showed up simply out of habit. And can I just affirm habit that is good? Habit where you are putting yourself in a place where you can encounter God. Just think of all the other places where you might miss out on hearing from God, but you put yourself here to hear from God. So whatever you brought with you from your life this morning, you know, whatever brought you here, I hope that you encounter God this morning, that God meets you right where you're at in the story of the life that you're living. Second question, have you ever thought about why we do what we do here at church? You know, the thing that happens every Sunday, have you ever thought about why do we do this? Maybe you are like me and geek out on this excellent history that is in place that we are just linking back in history to the practice of worship where we gather in God's name, read some scripture, think about it, be encouraged. You know, we've got a pattern here at church. You've noticed maybe three songs, announcements, appropriately placed there, not at the end. That's abnormal. If you were here in May, you know why. 
And then there's a sermon talking about the scriptures. There's communion. And then there's two more songs and a benediction, and we go. That pattern, right? Now, that pattern is something that has been established long in history. I mean, going 2,000 years back in church history to Jesus, and even going back further into Israel's history of their worship. So those patterns of what they did also have influenced what we are doing today. It's very interesting. I, am, I get excited about that. But here we are gathering today. And as you think about 2,000 years ago, Jesus also came to formal gatherings like this. So if you read in Luke 4, um, it says, So he, Jesus, came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. So kind of like come into his hometown. And as his custom was, there's that habit. Jesus is in the custom of coming to a synagogue on Sabbath day. And he went into the synagogue on Sabbath day and stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he opened the book, he found the place where it was written. And then he continued to read and actually talk a little bit about what he just read. Here we have this example of Jesus going to worship, going to the gathering, opening the scriptures to be encouraged, to be inspired, to hear from God. So that pattern was in place for Jesus, and that has continued for us as a church. And Jesus got that pattern from Israel's worship, going to the synagogue or to the temple. So this gathering, in a formal way, has been happening for thousands of years, where people are trying to encounter God together. And so, as you can imagine, the formal way it's happening, where someone like me is up here talking to you, there's also times when it happened in informal ways throughout history. So think about the people of Israel. There was times when they were in exile. They were taken captive by the Babylonians and removed from their homes, and they didn't have a synagogue to gather in. But they still gathered. They gathered in homes. And so what they did was they would take, you know, a list of scripture passages and assign it for each Sabbath day, and they would attach a person to each of those scripture passages. And so that person would take that scripture passage and they would be responsible on that Sabbath day to read and then talk about what their life experience of that passage was. So they would read this passage in the weeks and months leading up to their day and they would take it in and they'd be mulling over the scripture and thinking about it. They'd be thinking about what God has to say to them, the application. And they'd be trying to figure out what coherent thing to say to the group gathered. And some of you are super happy that Susie went on sabbatical and did not leave us with a list of the dates that each of you would be preparing something to share up here. Because we're in the more formal setting still. But nevertheless, we this summer, while Susie's taking a break, in order for Susie to kind of declutter her heart, to make space in her heart, in order to incubate the sermon of her life to bring to us, while she's taking that rest and break, we are going back to this old tradition of hearing from the community. The summer series we're calling Whispers from the Heart. We're hearing the sermon of people's lives. So we're going to be hearing from people like Katie and David, Charlie and me, Susan Stein. We're going to be hearing from different people. And right now, each of us is incubating a passage of scripture in our heart, mulling it over, reading about it, reading what others have written about it and thought about it, and coming up with application, and then trying to 
put together some coherent something to bring to the community to inspire us as well. So that is something that is happening this summer. And I am kicking off today this sermon series for the summer, Whispers from the Heart. And so I am taking what I have in my life, what I'm bringing here on Sunday, and I'm taking scripture and I'm combining those two things together and I am bringing something to you. Hopefully coherent, but it's not always very coherent. The whispers of God's heart. So, today, this morning, I want to take us through a little bit of my journey this past month, of my life event, what's happening, and interacting with the scriptures. And my story starts with betrayal. Ooh, such a big word. Maybe a little more harsh than reality, but it's betrayal. The thing that happens in my life this past month is the thing that I bring here, right? And so it's betrayal, the simple betrayal of, you know, an agreement has been made, a you know, contract formed, you know, say you're going to do this, but then a break, a change of direction, betrayal. We'll get back to my story in a moment, but do you remember the movie in the mid-90s, Braveheart? There's a great betrayal scene in that movie that I want to bring here because in the movie, William Wallace, you know, the guy who's leading Scotland to free their land from England and its dominion over them, he's leading the, the armies to push England out and he has made alliances with all the people in Scotland and all the group leaders and one person he made an alliance was with um, Robert the Bruce. So Robert the Bruce says, hey, when we are out in battle, you guys go do this, and then I will come, and I will support and encourage, and we are going to defeat England. So in the scene, of course, you, they are out fighting, and what happens? They're fighting. They're in their moment of need, that like critical moment when they need Robert the Bruce to come in with his supporting army to kind of finish the battle and take the day. But what happens? Robert the Bruce doesn't show up. And the battle goes sour and bad. And it's turning to England's side. And we see the scene where William Wallace jumps on a horse to go ride after the king of England, to go get him. And we see this great scene where the king has his guards of men around him and one guy says to the other, go protect your king. So that guy turns around and goes back to face William Wallace. Spoiler alert from the movie in 1995. The guy who turns around and goes back is Robert the Bruce. He had said he would commit to William Wallace, but instead he committed to the King of England and for all the benefits he could provide. Betrayal. We're going to watch this scene to see the look of betrayal on William Wallace's face as literally the life drains out of him, not because of sword or knife or lance, but because of betrayal. Thank <laughs> you. 
it off. Ugh. Ugh. William Wallace betrayed and just the life empties out of him, so much so that he just has to lay down. <sighs> Have you ever felt so crushed and empty? You know, I'm saying I experienced betrayal this past month. Maybe not at that level, but that was still the look on my face, the blank, empty stare, and just wanting to lay down. We are all bringing our life to church on Sunday mornings. You know, and here are some ways to think about our challenging life event, plus what we do with it, our response, and then the outcome. You think about William Wallace, you know, this challenging life event that he's betrayed, and then his response. And the response is like this bucket, right? This box. It's not a certain thing that's in there, but the response is this container of your heart and your life, and it's the thing that then bubbles up from within. It might not be a calculated, rational thing. It's just what bubbles up. Maybe it's complete emptiness, or maybe it's bubbling up of anger, or maybe it's just some knee-jerk a- action to take. But you think about William Wallace, you know, a challenging life event when England took the life of his wife, and his response Filling his bucket was an outburst of anger, and the outcome was revenge. Or you think maybe it's not that outburst of anger for you, but you experience a challenging life event, and what happens in you, what gets filled in that bucket of response is just an internal churning of resentment, and the outcome of that is bitterness. You know, or a life event where It slaps you in the face, and you are just left reeling, and you just feel in your response shame, fear, insecurity. And the outcome is just kind of a cowering, just kind of want to hide away. Or a challenging life event. You know, we saw William Wallace earlier in this movie where he's rallying the troops of Scotland and saying, hey, guys, don't run away and be afraid. You know, I know England looks tough, but... We can do this. And he gives them a rah-rah speech to inspire them to keep moving. In that response bucket, William Wallace says, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our freedom. And they all cheer because they're inspired to take the next step. The outcome is just to keep moving. Maybe in our more modern world, we're not getting rah-rah speeches, but we are getting eight steps to whatever books. You know, whatever you need to do to get through that challenging event and get on. But we are here at church, and we want something different. We want our bucket of response to be filled with something different. You know, so when we face this challenging life event, we want to hear from God as our response. We want to hear the whisper of God to our heart. And then the outcome of that is peace. Isn't that what we all want when we come here? We want to hear from God to speak into our life event. And to receive peace from God. And that is the sermon of my life. It's actually the sermon of each of our lives. The thing that you have to say to the world is this thing where I have had this happen, and here is where God met me in it. I heard God's whisper, and I was encouraged. I received peace. So I can honestly say 
that the daily practice has saved my life. Maybe not in a, like, save my physical life way, but more in a William Wallace betrayed, emptied out, and now saved it, put the pieces back together kind of way. Some of you are wondering, what is the daily practice? And the daily practice is simply um, something you can listen to through our church app every day. And so there's a scripture reading, a song Charlie does, and then a question to think about, and a verse, and a bened- or a prayer, and a benediction. It's just this kind of daily practice of hearing God's scripture, being encouraged in it. And what I do, the part I play, is to put together the scriptures. I get to then put together the question to ponder and the prayer. And I love this process. It is very fitting with who I am in my soul, in my relationship with God, to come to a passage of scripture, to mull it over, to soak in it, to ask God, what do you have to say in this scripture? What are you saying? Where are you in this? And then to come up with a question and then write a prayer that relates. So that fits me so well. And in my life, this has been a common like, pattern of coming to Scripture to mull it over and to receive from God. Because right there in those words is God's promises to hold on to. It's God giving us encouragement about who he is and how he cares for us. It's God giving us these themes of, you know, be faithful because I am faithful to you. I care about you. Fix your eyes on me. Stay with me. Abide in me. So those are the themes that come out in these times of looking at Scripture. It's the opportunity for God to whisper to me. So there I was a few weeks ago working on the daily practice, writing out these things, mulling over Scripture. And my phone rang, and I got this call. It's actually a call I was expecting because our business Susie and I own is called Sipping and Painting, and we have been talking about our lease with the owner of the building we're at. And we left the meeting a week or so prior, you know, with this prediction by the owner of, hey, you know, about 80% chance that, yep, you guys can continue on and we'll sign a long, longer lease and just keep moving as, as we have been. And a 20% chance that end of the year, you know, something will change and we want to use the space differently and we're going to move you out. So we... We're expecting that call. And then we got the call. I got the call. And the call was different than both of those options. The call was, hey, actually, we're changing the plan, and we're going to do something different now in this space. And so you guys have 60 days. So, you know, end of July, you guys need to be out. You know, it was not like William Wallace, but you can just imagine the crushed, look on my face of, uh, what just happened here? And just the draining of life, right? When you think about that challenging life event plus a response, you know, what would your response be in that moment? You know, what would you do? By the grace of God, I don't know why I did, but I sat back down and I continued working on the daily practice. What an opportunity for God to speak to me right when I needed him. Because I, my tendency and the thing I wanted to do was to just get up, go for a walk, shake it off, you know, think things through, come up with a strategy, maybe come up with some other choice responses to do. Um, 
I wanted to do that, but somehow God's grace sat back down and continued working on the daily practice. You know, obviously I was super distracted in that moment. (laughs) You know, I was reading these scriptures, trying to mull them over, but this life event was really dominant in my thinking. But it's fascinating, and this is the great reminder to me that God's word is so needed in that moment of life event. Because when I was thinking about my craziness, I was reading these passages of scripture. You know, while I had this crushed, empty feeling inside of me, I was coming to these scriptures, and I was approaching them in a very unique way. My heart was open to what God had to say. You know, one of the things, if you're doing daily practice, we're doing the book of Daniel, a chapter a week. And Daniel's story came alive to me. I was like, yes, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego can go into the fiery furnace. I, too, can survive this lease ordeal. And I was like, grabbing onto that, holding on. You know, God was whispering to me the reminders through his scriptures to stay faithful to him, to stick with him, keep my eyes fixed on him. Don't let the earth shaking distract me. Stay focused. You know, you read these things in the Psalms and in Daniel that, you know, crazy stuff happens in life. And God's saying, stay faithful. I'm faithful, you stay faithful. You know, when the earth is literally shaking beneath you, take refuge in me, come to me. Those are the messages from God. So, one of the first few passages I worked on after the phone call was Psalm 20. Um, This is very appropriate because Psalm 20 starts this way. May the Lord answer you when you are in distress. I was like, bingo, I'm in distress. And it was like those words were leaping off the page to me. It was like God was speaking to me in a way that if my life event hadn't happened in the way it did, I would have come to this passage and just saw something very different. But I was in distress, and I saw that word, and the words of Psalm 20 became my words. So when I came to the prayer, here's the prayer that I wrote, making that Psalm 20 into my own prayer. Jesus, I'm calling to you in my distress. Today the future looks dim. Please send help. Remember me. Please give victory to your anointed. Please answer from your heavenly sanctuary with the victorious power of your right hand. I take refuge in you. That was my prayer, which was just taking the words of Psalm 20, absorbing them into myself, and then putting them back to God as a prayer. You know, I tell you this story not to candy coat the challenging life events that we all have. You know, it's not to dismiss that Life is hard and things are difficult. You know, we want, don't want to trivi- trivialize hard things. But I tell you this story simply to hopefully encourage you as I was encouraged. Because I was amazed. I was amazed in that moment of, wow, God, thank you for meeting me right here in my most moment of need. It was a reminder to me of the power of God's word I hope it can be an encouragement to you as well to seek God through his word, to have your heart open to receive from God and to hear his whisper. If I can encourage us for anything this morning, can I say please, please watch out 
what goes in your bucket, in your box of response. Watch out for what goes in there. And instead, try to keep space open in your response bucket. Keep open in your heart for God to whisper and to speak. And in order to do that, we have to create space. We have to do the work of creating space in our lives to dull down the noise, the distraction, some of our own natural responses in order for God to be able to speak into our hearts. So, and kind of wrapping up, I have two practices, two simple practices that I want to encourage you in this summer. As you try to create space in your heart to hear from God, to hear his whispers. The first thing is, imagine God is with you. You ever think about God being with you? You ever have that in your mind? You know, I think here at church, we kind of think, oh yes, God is here, this is his house, we're gathering in his name. Maybe at your home, you have practices that connect you to God is present here in our home. But what about at work? You ever imagine that God is with you at work? You know, when you're gathered around that conference table, do you ever imagine in that empty chair, Jesus is present with you, and he cares for you, and he cares for each person around the table? Or do you ever think as you're going into a meeting, hey, God is with me going into this meeting. He is present. He cares for me. He cares about the details of this meeting. He cares for this person. He cares about what is happening in the details of my life. You know, typically we imagine God in God places, like church. But to remember that in the course of your day, God is with you. And this is the reminder, this is the sermon of my life, that God cares about me and is with me. So if there's any message you hear, it's God cares about you and God is with you. He wants to support and encourage, walk with you through whatever you're walking through in every detail of your day. You know, God wants to guide me through, and he wants to take you on that same journey with him, to take you into his arms and carry you through. Second practice to help create space in our heart to hear God's whisper is to memorize a verse of Scripture. You know, when you memorize something, it is giving God fodder to bring to mind when you need it. You know, so you think about this box or this bucket of response. I think of memorized verses as things that can be thrown into the box just to get you through in that moment to be reminded of who God is, who you are, and how he's going to take care of you. You know, when you have a verse memorized, you can just drop it in that response box. And a verse that um, was a gift to me from my mom's mom, my grandma Potter, was that at the end of every letter, she wrote Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. She would write at the bottom of every letter, and that just kind of imprinted on me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. You know, because I have that verse kind of imprinted in, into my heart, it is something that God can pull up when he needs to prompt that in me. When some other response is rising up, God can pull that up to remind me, ah, yes, trust in him. But it's also something that when I feel myself spiraling into fear or worry or anxiety or rising up with power, 
I can remind myself also, response, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And it's something that I can pull up to remind myself as well. So that's my encouragement for us as we go into this summer to have our life events that are going on that we're bringing with us to church, to be aware of those things, and then to bring God's scripture, bring God's word, to hear God's voice whispering to us in that. So if I can just take one minute and imprint on you Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I'd like to, I'll say one line and I'd like you to repeat it back to me. Ready? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your paths. All right, beginning to take. Let's try it all together. No prompts. Ready? One, two, three. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you want to encounter us. You want to show yourself to us. You want to be with us. You want to care for us. You want to guide us and take us through whatever it is in our life that we are in right now. God, I pray that in this space and this morning, that you would encourage us, you'd lift us up and inspire us, that you would send us out into whatever we are facing with the full knowledge that you are going with us. I pray that you would encourage us to be your light in this world, that we would represent your love. And God, that your goodness will shine through us. I pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.